Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange, stories by leaders for leaders to help you to raise the bar on your own performance and to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. It's Hugh Ballou, founder and president of the Center Vision Leadership Foundation. Each Tuesday at two o'clock for seven and a half years, we've interviewed somebody, a business specialist, nonprofit leader, all kinds of leaders who have a message to share. They've been there, they've done it, they've learned from it. Maybe they've done some things they wish they hadn't done, but they've learned from it and succeeded. And we teach nonprofit leaders to adopt business concepts because in fact, we're running a tax exempt business. And our guest today is David Pizarek from Toronto, Canada. And David has some very unique um, insights and experience with digital marketing, which covers a lot of things. So David, welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange. And first, tell people a little bit about yourself and your passion for doing this work. Thanks, Hugh. Hi, everybody. Uh, pleasure to be here. I'm glad to uh, be able to be here chatting uh, with you and hopefully helping everybody out a little bit uh, by the end of the session today. I hope that there's some takeaway that you can uh, go back to your organizations with and either employ or tell somebody about. Um, so hi, as Hugh said, I'm David. I'm the CEO and founder of Wow Digital Incorporated. We work with nonprofits, charities, foundations, government groups, community-based organizations who are looking for an improved online presence and brand. Uh, so myself, I've got over 30 years of web design, development, marketing, and branding experience with over 20 years of that in nonprofit and full-time web marketing branding uh, side of the business. I've been interviewed on a number of podcasts. This is now another one. Uh, I've taught web design uh, and graphic design at, an, at two Ontario uh, colleges in their full-time programs. I was the lead developer in the dot-com boom startup in 1999 where my work raised over a million dollars in capital funding within seven weeks, and we went public on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Um, so that's, a, that's in a nutshell, uh, my background. And I love working with nonprofits. I care about giving back to the community. I care about not necessarily my legacy and in terms of, you know, helping and, and being able to help on a larger scale, but more about you know, caring about what the organizations are and helping them really deliver value to the communities that they serve. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Now, we hear this word nonprofit and we put our scarcity hat on and we think, oh, we can't spend money on marketing. We're a nonprofit. We can't make money. We're a nonprofit. We can't really, we put limits on ourselves. So why is it important for a nonprofit to have a really strong digital presence? I love this question. Uh, I, I talk about this quite often and it ultimately comes down to this, in, in my opinion, is nonprofits doesn't mean no profit. Um, what it does mean though, is that you need to run your organization as a business. You need to make money to be able to serve the people that you're trying to connect with, to be out there, whether it's ads or running maybe not so many events in you know the age of COVID, but you know, you're gonna be out there 
maybe a trade show, maybe there's a booth at a community fair, and you need to be able to staff it. You need to have staff that are competent in what they're doing. You can't run, and it's very hard to run an organization solely based on volunteers. So you need to be out there. You need to be thinking more like a business and less like uh, a small little um, organization, right? You're, you're out there to help people. And to do that, you need money. You need to fundraise. You need donors. I spent uh, a career as a music director in um, in Protestant churches in America, mostly the South. And um, there's there's a word we use that we don't always utilize well. It's called stewardship. So we are, in fact, stewards of other people's money. It's not our money. And so investing in the proper systems. Now, what are some of the biggest? Let's let's start with a website. People put up a website and they get, oh, I get hits. And I stole this acronym. Um, hits is how idiots track success. You don't care who comes. You care who does something. So what are some of the, the big blind spots people have about websites? So one of the first things is um, it's important to, number one, make sure your website has analytics installed on it. If you are, if you don't know how many people are coming to your website, if you don't know what content on your website is popular, which ultimately means like if, if you can identify the popular content, you want to create more content that's similar to that or around that same kind of topic, because that will help drive more traffic to your website. Getting traffic to your website is great, but what do you do? What do people do when they land on your website? Right. And that's the, in the business world, it's called a conversion right? And in, in the nonprofit world, it should be called a conversion. But you know, how do you get subscribers to your email list? Right? What are the call to actions that people are seeing on the pages they're landing on on your website? Right? So you want to get subscribers to your email list so you can push messages out to them. That's one of the best things that you can possibly do. There's lots of products out there that you can leverage for that. There's MailChimp, there's Constant Contact, there's Campaign Monitor. You can integrate in uh, a donation or a CRM platform if you want to get fancy with it. But at the end of the day, you want to collect email addresses. You want to push messages out to people's inboxes. Some people think, you know, email is dead. Everybody that's listening to this has an email address. Everybody that's listening to this, watching this right now, you have an inbox and you go into there, right? Email isn't dead. Um, you know, people are using social more than ever now, but being able to get email means that you can push a message directly into somebody's inbox versus hoping it shows up, for example, in a Facebook or a Twitter feed or something like that, where everything changes just so rapidly. Yeah, I had it all figured out. Then you get up and algorithms all changed. Uh, so I drive traffic with, I have a nonprofit, Center Vision is a 501c3. Um, it's a for-purpose organization instead of a for-profit. I like to switch there. But we have the Google AdWords grant. So we get $10,000 worth of play money. <laughs> and we drive a lot of traffic. We spend every penny. I'm a good Scottish Presbyterian recovering. So we, we use it, but I'm not sure we got this conversion thing down. So um, is that an area that you, you work in is how people have the accurate, you expect something, we come there. Is that what we're expecting? And is AdWords a really good, effective digital marketing tool? I think AdWords is really great. It's ten, like you said, it's $10,000 a month for free from Google, right? How can you go wrong with that? Having said that, they don't give it the same kind of 
um, relevance in the ads as they would for like a fully paid ad, but still it's $10,000 for free, right? Leverage that, use it, spend as much of it as you possibly can every month. And you know what? If the month this, if February didn't turn out well, March, tweak your ads, modify your messaging, change your color, change your image, and you know, do some A-B testing with it, for example, and play with different wording. Google has a really great backend for optimizing your ads. So you can load in a bunch of different images, a bunch of different copy uh, for one ad, and it will adjust it and determine which works best. And then you can iterate based on that. Now, when somebody sees the ad, they click through what happens, right? They're taken to your web page, maybe your Facebook page if you don't have your own website. What is it that you want people to do when they're there, right? So theoretically, you should have a landing page that you direct people to that speaks exactly to what the ad talks about. You don't necessarily want to take them to your homepage. You want to take them to maybe there's a big capital fundraising uh, goal that you're trying to hit, and that's what the ad was for. Right, so create a really great landing page with all the information that it is that somebody would be looking for right there. They don't have to look around very hard for it. And you want to make sure that you have a clear call to action that you can see in the top section of the website. Uh, top, above the fold, so to speak? Above the fold. The fold, you know, for about 10 years, above the fold was the thing that everybody wanted. Um, but now, like a lot of people, especially on mobile, you can scroll really easily. Above the fold is still a thing, um, but it's not as prevalent as it as it once was. It's not the only thing. Exactly. So um, I do a webinar on the 10 reasons nonprofits fail. One of them is not finding a technology expert and delegating it because, you know, that's not your, your long suit. And the other one is making decisions without enough data. And you address two of those very strongly. So where um, where can people can go to wowdigital.com and what will they see when they get there? Uh, well, you're showing it right here. So we um, what they're going to see is a clear call to the right, first off. What they see is a clear message about who we cater to. Right. So we cater to people that are making the world a better place. And what do we do? We're going to help you change more lives. And that's really our ultimate mission. We want to help people create an impact on the on the uh, communities that they serve. Uh, and then right off the bat, boom, book your free consult with us, right? So you can click, book a call with us, and, uh, and, and we get on from there. Um, we have a webinar that we run. Uh, it's about every six weeks. We're running another one on uh, February 24th. So in our navigation, you can click on that. Um, we have a $10,000 give back program that we started in the summer. So depending on the size of the, uh, the scope of work, we'll just take $10,000 right off. So there's an application form, uh, there as well. Um, it's, it's pretty quick to, to go through. We talk about, uh, nonprofits and healthcare and accessibility. Accessibility is something really, really important. Uh, making sure that your website is available to people who don't surf the web in a traditional way. So if they have a visual impairment or a physical impairment, they might not be using a mouse. They might have some kind of different pointer. They might be using software as a screen reader. So what does the website really look like to them? Um, there's a number of lawsuits that are constantly happening in the US and in Canada and abroad um, because the websites aren't uh, compliant. 
Um, so we talk about that. If you're interested, we can do a free audit for you. Um, just go to wowdigital.com, click on accessibility, and we'll uh, we'll set up an audit for you. Love it, love it. So um, some people will be listening to the audio podcast. So if you want to see the image, you can go to thenonprivatexchange.org, find this episode um, about Wow Digital, and you can find it. So we don't really. I'm glad that you've highlighted accessibility because many people have, shall we say, different capabilities. We say they're disabled, but they've got dis different abilities. And, and in my church music world for 40 years, Fanny Crosby probably wrote as many hymns as Wesley, 8,000. She was totally blind all her life. And so she had a significant contribution. And in, uh, in, in America, that represents 26% of our population. So we have just limited our business by not making it accessible. What are some, some, it's not rocket science either. So what are some things that we can need to be mindful of for those who are hearing and sight impaired? Absolutely. So, you know, some of the quick wins are making sure that there's enough color contrast. So for example, you wouldn't want to have white text on a light yellow background. It's going to be hard to read that. Right. So that's just, you know, quick off the top of, of mind. Um, and so if you want to be compliant to, you know, the W3C organization and their standards that they've created for AA compliance, which is what uh, is kind of like the global standard for accessibility, you need to have a four and a half to one color contrast ratio. If you want to exceed that and do AAA compliance, it's seven to one ratio. Uh, it's a lot harder to hit AAA compliance, but um, there's some really great uh, web contrast checkers out there. So you could just put in your colors and go, okay, yeah, this is too bright or this isn't dark enough to be able to have that contrast. Uh, the second one that I would uh, really caution people on and making sure that they're taking care of is having what's called alt text. So when you put an image up on a web page, what does somebody who's blind see? right, or actually hear from the screen reader, the alt text will, when the screen reader goes past the image, it will tell them what that image is about. So putting in content that is, like if it was a dog on a surfboard in, in a wave, right, uh, you would want to put on the alt tag, dog surfing, right, or, or something like that. If it was somebody holding up a sign saying peace, right, um, you would type person holding sign saying peace. That, you know, I, I will talk about SEO in a minute, but I, I know it's important for SEO, but I'd never thought about screen readers. And that's mm -hmm. profound. That just we're cutting off people who need what we want to share because we haven't thought about it. Um, and the color contrast and the particular colors, it's harder to see blue, for instance, because of the bandwidth. And, right. you know, I'm 75 as old people, too. You know, we got tired eyes. So we want to make I didn't sure say it. <laughs> <laughs> we got tired eyes. And so the, the contrast with the combination of certain colors um, is, is, you know, is a challenge as well. So there, what about um, type font size, fonts and font size and the size of the buttons? Yeah. So, for example, on a mobile device, 
right? You want to make sure that whatever you're putting on your page is clickable with a with a regular size finger. If you have a smaller finger or a bigger finger, you want to make sure whatever it is that you're putting on there, if it's a button, if it's an email link, a phone number, whatever it happens to be, that you can actually click it with your finger. In terms of font size, that really can vary depending on the style and the branding that your organization has. Having said that, uh, there's certain tricks on the programming side. So you can you can set up your font size as pixels, which will keep it finite, um, or you can set it up as something that's called an EM, which will scale based on uh, a number of variables of, of the page. Um, so typically we say, okay, try to keep your font over 12 pixels, uh, which is usually equal to about one EM uh, if you've set up the, the font size properly. Um, make sure your headings fall in the right order. So H1, H2, H3, H4, H5, H6. Um, so you can go down and you can go up uh, through them, which also helps all the added benefits of accessibility also improves your SEO. So they kind of go like hand in hand and, uh, and, and they're synergetic in that way. So SEO, we've hit it a few That's times here. Smoke and mirrors, what is SEO and why is it important? SEO, it's an acronym. It means search engine optimization. It's basically the data that search engines use to rank your website. So keywords that you have on your website, the content of your website, the alt tags on your images, the headings that you have in your content, it all fits into an algorithm that the search engines go through to go, okay, this page we should rank as number eight. On, on the list of uh, search engine result pages. So you're gonna hear people say SERP, that's a search engine result page. If you're on page five of SERP, you wanna move up to page one, right? You, everybody, how, how often are you searching for something and you're flipping through and you're on page three and you're like, oh, forget this, I'm gonna run a different search, right? Um, and in terms of search, it's sad, it's unfortunate, um, it is the way of the world, but Google, is the search engine giant, right? So whenever we talk about search engine optimization, it's always a, what does Google care about? Um, and their algorithm is really close to their heart. Nobody really knows the secret sauce to it. If you want to move up in your rankings and you get an email or you see an ad saying, we guarantee you first place on search, don't buy into it. It can't be done. You can't fool the algorithm. Um, you know, you got to constantly produce uh, one of the things that we know works with Google um, is uh, producing content on a regular basis. So having new blog articles, new news releases, updating a bit of content, even if it's your homepage and you just move something from like the first spot to the second spot and you just swap them for a little bit, Google sees that as new content and revised content. It'll help move you up in the search engine. We have a content strategy workshop that we've run with a number of our clients, and we've taken people from 200 to 300 uh, unique organic visits a month. We've been able, over an eight-month period, to get them 510% of, uh, of their traffic just by producing a short bit of content every week, right? So like four or 500 words. If you talk to uh, proper SEO and content strategists, they'll tell you that the content needs to be like a thousand to 1200 words. We're saying, no, that's not actually the case. As long as you're producing relevant content that people are interested in and you're getting traffic, that's more than enough. So for this interview, I put your picture in, I created the alt tag and the, the description and the 
file name all have your name on them. Um, am I being excessive or do those all contribute to good SEO? Uh, in my opinion, what you did is perfect and exactly what, what you should do. You heard it right here, folks. <clears throat> Musician gone geek. Okay, so, <laughs> so I'm amazed at how many uh, experts have websites in its image three and there's no alt tag. And it's just like wasting a free asset. So we have almost a thousand pages on our website, uh, 400 blog posts, and each one of them is on a particular topic related to nonprofit leadership, but we do alt tags and tags on a, on a WordPress. There's what's called tags. Uh, for So how does that play in? I know you have the metadata data and you have the, the description of the page, but the, the tags, where does that fit? So the tags is a way uh, in WordPress, you've got categories and tags for posts. Out of the box, you can't do it on pages, but there's a plugin you can install to add tags and categories to pages as well. Um, and then what you can do is you can create sections of your website uh, that show all the content based on a category and or tag. So you can really segment that content and you can really display it in unique ways uh, for your prospective um, visitors that are coming to your website. In addition to that, um, WordPress, and if you're using an SEO plugin like Yoast or Rank Math uh, mm -hmm. for WordPress, they'll create something called a sitemap XML file. It's visible on the back end of the website, but that's what search engines use to index your website. And what I mean by index is they look at this file and it has all of the pages of your website listed. It'll have like the last updated or when it was created date in there. And then it takes that data and stores it in their database. Uh, and then it sends what's called a spider or a bot to your website to crawl the data, to look at all the content on it and basically store a local version of that so that it knows, okay, when somebody searches for this term, this is a relevant page. So by creating the categories and tags, that adds extra, I guess, flair to your SEO footprint. Yeah, 20 minutes, I'm already smarter. This is great. Um, <clears throat> so um, you still can learn people, old people can learn. So I'm, I'm said it twice. So what are some of the things that people do that actually have a negative impact on the search engines? One of the things that we see quite often is, um, and we, we did a bit of a case study with this, with not one of our clients, but with the data that we were able to pull out of like the public domain, there's a very big hospital in Toronto and they did a full website redesign, but they didn't really think about the content of their website when they went through the redesign. And they ended up dropping about 75% of their organic search pages uh, out of Google because they didn't properly redirect the pages or tell the search engine there's there's ways that you can do redirects on the back end to say that the page has moved from here to here so that the search engine can update and they lost a ton of traffic imagine having a world-class organization your operating budget is over a billion dollars and you lose 75 percent of your search visibility right what what does that mean in terms of donations what does that mean in terms of volunteers, let alone, you know, helping the community and, and letting people know about the programs and services that you have to offer? Let's talk about money. You know, I haven't met a nonprofit that doesn't need more funding to be able to fully implement and achieve their mission, which is it's important. And I really applaud you 
for your support of our community and the work that we do that's really crucial, especially more now than ever before. But we can get donors. So why don't we get more digital donations online? Um, so anybody that's thinking of donating a big amount, um, I would say, in my opinion, a big amount is $1,000 or more. Um, they want to have some kind of connection to your organization. They want to feel some kind of empathy. And I talk about this quite a lot is being able to create a compelling reason for people to want to be involved in your organization, either as a volunteer, an employee, or even a brand ambassador to share your posts on social networks and, you know, really get your message out there further or be involved in an event that you're hosting or, or something like that. Um, but they want to be stewarded. You mentioned this early on, right? They want to know what the money is being used for, right? So a lot of times, and this happens to me, I get a piece of mail in December because there's, you know, the end of the year big push for tax receipts and donations. Um, but I don't hear anything from the organization during the rest of the year. Why is that something that I would want to donate to? Why is that a cause that, that I should really care about, right? You want to have ongoing relationships, ongoing communications, not just a piece of mail with a, you know, self-return envelope in it uh, asking for money, right? So having those touch points through the year, having that email list, even if you're sending something every six to eight weeks, it's better than nothing. And really showcasing what it is that the money is being used for, right? If you're a hospital, is the money being, in Canada, we have, you know, healthcare is, is a different story up here than, than it is south of the border. But, you know, if you're a hospital and you're trying to raise money for more hospital beds or, you know, COVID ventilators, right? Um, how many people were you able to help with that money? How many people did, if it costs, I don't know, $5,000 for a ventilator and you raised $50,000, so you've got 10 new ventilators, how many people did that help? What was the impact? And being able to showcase that impact and how the money is being used and helping people in the community will drive people to want to give more and care more. We have the Amen Corner as a professional funding executive watching. He said, go for it. Preach it, David. So um, you're so spot on. There's just so many things to know. So I want to encourage people to go to wowdigital.com. You offer free consultation. Do you actually do an assessment of, of the website? So what we offer is a free consult. Great. Go on. You can book right into my calendar, not my team. You'll be meeting with me directly. Um, and then as part of that, we'll have a conversation about your website and we'll conduct in the back end an audit of your of your website. So it's a comprehensive audit. It's usually about 10 to 12 pages and we'll take a look at everything. So the messaging, the tone, the uh, the quality of your website, how fast the website loads. That's also a Google ranking factor. If your site is slow, uh, we'll take a look at whether the site works on mobile or not which is also a ranking factor with Google. Um, and so there, there's a huge number of checkpoints that we go through and we'll conduct that audit. We generate a PDF report and we'll meet again uh, about that uh, with you. And for anybody that's listening to this, it'll be completely uh, complimentary and free for you. That's, that's very generous. So we had a little chat before we started and, and David talked about he really wants to support those of us who are in the trenches doing this work and there's a wealth of information you've given us in this short interview. Of course, we can't possibly cover everything and we can't cover it in depth. There's just so much to learn. But what I'm learning is um, 
I got to get out of the way and let some professionals do some of my work. Um, you know, I've done okay, but okay today is not enough. It's not enough. So um, I think I've gone through some of the most of the questions that are listed. So what if, if there's something I've not talked about or asked you that you think is important message to share? Um, I think at the end of the day, it's important that everybody knows that they can handle this work, whether they want to do it themselves with a platform like Squarespace or Wix. I don't recommend those, but they're they're decent platforms. Um, my company, we're also in the midst of launching a product. I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about this or not. Uh, basically, an inexpensive product to have a website right away for your nonprofit. So if anybody's interested in that, um, you know, get in touch with me, David at wowdigital.com, and I can let you know when we're ready to launch that. Uh, it's imminent. It's coming in, in the next couple of months. We've been spending uh, the better part of a year working on the back end of that. Um, but you can handle this. You just need to know the right tools and the systems in place to be able to do that. You're all doing amazing work out there or you're about to do amazing work if you're thinking of starting a nonprofit or a charity or foundation and your heart's in the right place you just need somebody in your corner that you can you know ask the right questions to and get valuable insight from and i would like to point out this is not an expense this is an investment in the effectiveness of your overall work and i heard loud and clear david spoke about talking about the results the impact of what you do we, we kind of get in the, the trenches and talking about how we do everything. People don't really care um, until they know why it's important and also know what results are going to happen from my donation or my volunteerism or whatever. So, um, David, this has been very informative. I'm like inspired to go and do some things. Um, so this is this is great. So, David, how, how do you how do you say your name? I've said it several times. Did I say it right? Pizarek? Very close. Uh, Pacerik. Pacerik. Oh, uh, uh. Very I'm, close. I'm, I'm Southern. I get a pass for you know, my sure. accent. <laughs> so, um, David, um, wow, digital. It's um, You're so gracious in sharing lots of things we can do ourselves. But wowdigital.com is where you can find David. So thank you so much for being our guest on the Nonprofit Exchange today. Thank you so much, Hugh. I hope everybody has a great rest of uh, the week uh, and month or that you had. I don't know when you're listening to this. Maybe it's a month from now that you're listening to this. Um, but keep on being successful. You've got this and uh, we're here to help support you. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Exchange. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.